What is the rapture? Well, we found out last week that the rapture is God's plan to take away His people from the wrath to come. Amen. That's one of the main teachings of the rapture that people don't understand as Christians is that the rapture is God's plan to take us away from the wrath to come, His wrath to come. And we found out in Revelation chapter 6 that wrath, the wrath of Jesus Christ, the wrath of God is coming on this earth. And we found out in 1 Thessalonians 1.10 that the believers are going to escape this wrath to come. That's, the, that's what Jesus Christ gets us out of. We found that out also in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 9. We found out that Enoch... Enoch is a great type of the rapture when he was translated. He was and he was not because God took him. That's a great type of the rapture where believers, alive believers, are raptured out to be with the Lord God. Uh, the rapture, we found out secondly that the rapture is our hope and comfort. The raptures give every one of us a hope and comfort that we are going to get out of this wrath to come and that, we have a, that Jesus Christ is going to come and take us out of this old wicked world. We discussed, too, that believing in the rapture doesn't necessarily mean that we don't believe that Christians are going to be persecuted. We know and believe that Christians are being persecuted this very hour, this morning, or all around the world, and that the days coming that in America Christians will be persecuted the same way. We are being persecuted. We just haven't physically been persecuted yet. But you are persecuted, guys. Uh, but not in a physical way yet. But it's coming. Don't doubt it. And we're just praying that the rapture will happen before we have to deal with that. Thirdly, we found out, and this is where we stopped, we found out thirdly that the rapture is the resurrection of the dead bodies of Christians and the return of their souls to that now glorious, new glorious body. And we talked about when a person passes away that their soul doesn't go into a grave and sleep. That their body looks as though it's asleep. And the Bible describes somebody who's passed away as being asleep because their body looks like it's asleep. But the, the Bible teaches us when we looked at the scriptures that the body, once you take your last breath, that your soul comes out of your body. Your body's going to go into the ground and your soul either goes up to heaven to be with the Lord Jesus Christ if you know Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, or if you're not a born-again believer, your, body, your soul goes down into a place called hell, the Bible talks about, and waits for that great judgment day. So that's what we were talking about when we closed out last week. So look back at verse 15. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord. Notice he says by the word of the Lord. This isn't just something Paul made up. This is something that Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ gave Paul to tell us and to give us hope and comfort. The Lord, look, for this we say unto you by the word of the Lord that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord, and hopefully that's everyone underneath the side of my voice, amen, shall not prevent them which are asleep. Prevent, that means pre-event. We're not going to precede or pre-event those that are asleep. In other words, we're not going to go up to be with the Lord at the rapture before those guys, all the brothers and sisters in Christ, before their bodies come up out of the grave. Why is that so, Brother Keegan? For number one, we got a six-foot head start on them, amen? Their bodies are six feet under the ground. God's going to bring their soul. The body's going to come out. A new glorious body. That soul's going to go into that glorious body. If we're alive, we'll be changed in a moment in a twinkling of an eye. We're not going to precede them. Verse 16. For the Lord Himself, the Lord Himself, Jesus Christ, shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. So when Jesus Christ comes back, there's going to, He's going to come back with a shout. And when he shouts out, the dead in Christ, their body's going to come forth. And then we're going to hear that shout. 
And when we hear that shout, then we'll be changed in a moment in a twinkling of an eye. That shout, what is that shout? Well, if you turn, don't turn there, but in Revelation chapter 4, we just read about it in, in Sunday school. In Revelation chapter 4, verse 1, John, he's a great type of a believer. He's a great type of the church. The voice of the sound of a trump says, come up hither. Come up hither. In Revelation chapter 11, when the two witnesses are killed out in the streets and their dead bodies lay out in the streets, it says when God gets ready to resurrect them and rapture them out, the two witnesses of God in Revelation chapter 11, the Bible says that God says, Come up hither. I'm here to tell you this morning that when the rapture takes place, you're going to be standing around. I don't know if you're going to be working in the yard. I don't know if you're going to be sleeping in bed. You might, hopefully not. You might be watching TV, but there, you'll be, hopefully you'll be in church, amen. But you're going to hear a voice, and it's going to call you by name and say, come up hither. John chapter 10, Jesus Christ says, But he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. And I notice Jesus says here in John chapter 10, verse 3, To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calleth his own sheep by name. Jesus Christ says, The shepherd calls his own sheep by name, and leadeth them out. When that rapture takes place, wherever you're at, wherever you're standing, if you're alive, you're going to hear a voice and it's going to say, Keegan, come up hither. Amen. Ronnie, Linda, whoever it is, come up hither. Because Jesus Christ knows you by name. And he's going to call you out. It says, his sheep calleth his own sheep by name and leadeth them out. One of the interesting things about the story of Lazarus and the rich man and how the rich man went down into hell and Lazarus went down in or went up into Abraham's bosom. You know what the interesting thing about that story is? It never tells us the rich man's name. Jesus tells that story. He never calls a rich man by name. He just goes down into hell. But he knows the name of Lazarus, the beggar at the... Listen, Jesus knows his own and he knows your, your name. And he's going, at the rapture, he's going to call your name and you'll get called out. You'll be raptured out at that second coming of Jesus Christ. Not the second coming, but the rapture of Jesus Christ. So that's that shout, that shout we're looking for. Verse 16, for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, come up hither. With the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then, then we which are alive... And remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds. Notice, he doesn't come all the way down to earth to them in the clouds. To meet the Lord in the air. He doesn't come to the earth. This isn't the second coming of Jesus Christ. This is the rapture. Meet the Lord Jesus in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Praise the Lord. So what the rapture is, he's raised up the bodies. He's put their souls into those bodies. If we're alive, we're changed. And we're about to read it in a moment, twinkling of an eye. And then, together, we go meet the Lord in the clouds, in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Praise the Lord. We're going to go up to heaven with Jesus Christ. The first coming, or the first advent, is Jesus Christ coming as a prophet. He came, and he died for the sins of the world, as a lamb, the lamb of God. The second coming of Jesus Christ, the second advent, is Jesus Christ coming in Revelation 19 as a king of kings, lord of lords. He comes as a lion. He comes with a sword in his mouth. Man, he's coming to bring his wrath on this world, the battle of Armageddon. That's the second coming. But between those two comings, between the first coming, the lamb, and between the second coming, 
Jesus Christ comes in secretly and raptures out his bride, his body. That's me and you. And anybody who's died before then, he's brought their soul with him and he's put, brought their body up out of the grave and put their soul into that body. And then he brings us all up to be with him. It's a secret calling away, guys. It's a rapture. It's when this happens, people are going to be wondering what happened in the world. What's going on here? If you're driving your car and you hear, Hey, Keegan, come up hither. If you hear that voice and you're changed in a moment, you're going to disappear and your car is going to go off the side of the road. Airplanes are going to be falling out of the sky. People are going to be wondering, where do all my loved ones go? We're going to talk about that in a, in a couple of minutes. But in verse 18, in closing, in closing these verses, wherefore comfort one another with these words. Guys, we need to comfort one another with this stuff. This should be a comfort to you that Jesus Christ is coming back to get you out of this mess. Amen. Amen. Look at John chapter 11. Let me show you John chapter 11. Jesus Christ mentions the rapture of all people to Martha. He mentions the rapture to Martha. John chapter 11. Look at verse 25. And uh, you might not have got it. You might not have understood what he's talking about. Martha sure didn't understand what he's talking about. But as believers in Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in us, we can understand that Jesus Christ in these verses is definitely talking about the rapture. You can see the rapture in these verses. John chapter 11, look at verse 25 and 26. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Those are those believers, guys, that their bodies have went down into the grave. Though he were dead, yet shall he live. Amen. Those are the dead coming up first. Look at verse 26. And whosoever liveth, when the rapture takes place, and believeth in me, that's everybody that believes in Jesus Christ, shall never die. Believest thou this? He's talking about the rapture. He's mentioning the dead that have gone on before. Though he were dead, yet shall he live. The end of verse 25. That's the dead coming up first. And then verse 26, And whosoever liveth, that's alive at the rapture, and believeth in me, shall never die. You're never going to taste death. You've been raptured out. You've been changed in a moment, twinkling of an eye. Believest thou this? He's referred to the rapture to Martha. Martha has no clue what he's talking about. A lot of Christians today have no clue what Jesus Christ is talking about. We talked about that last week. There's actually some Christians that they don't believe in the rapture anymore. They think that was made up. But guys, I'm showing you that the rapture is true. You can believe in the rapture and that Jesus Christ is going to come back and get his body. He has to. Amen. Why do you say that, Brother King? Why does he have to? He has, he has to because we cannot taste of that wrath that God's poured out on mankind. We're not, we're not appointed to that wrath. He's going to get us out of that wrath. I'm not talking about the wrath on the earth. People think the wrath, there's wars and uh, there's rumors of wars and famines. and No, that's, that's just man's and the evil of man and the sin of man. That's, that's, that's just what happens on the earth. There's going to come a time where God personally is going to pour his wrath out on mankind. Seven seals, seven trumpets, seven vials. He's going to pour his wrath out on mankind. And we, we can't be a part of that. We're not appointed to that. And I showed you the verses to that. Now let's turn to 1 Corinthians 15. 1 Corinthians 15, talking about the rapture. I've shown you Jesus Christ mentions the rapture. You can see that in those verses right there. I think if, you, if you're being honest with yourself, you can see them. But 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 50. Here's another. These are great, this is a great uh, set of verses on the rapture. 
Man, the rapture's real. And it amazes me how people are trying to do away with the rapture. To me, I can tell we're living in the end time simply by the falling away from the truth. Amen. The falling away from the truth of the Word of God. The falling away from the truth of 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 50. Now this I say, Paul writing, Brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. That verse simply tells you with the body that you're in right now, you can't get to heaven. You can't go into heaven with that sinful body you're living in. You can't go. You can't get to heaven. You don't want to be in heaven with that body. (laughs) Man, if you put, I want to go to heaven, amen, but I don't want to go to heaven in this body. This body gives me trouble. This flesh, what do, Paul said, what dwelleth in my body, what dwelleth in my body, in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. There's nothing good about this. So I don't want to take this wicked, vile body up to heaven. Amen. God, let me leave this thing here. Let me take something. So he's saying, you can't inherit heaven. You can't inherit, go to heaven. You can't inherit the kingdom of God in this body. No way. Verse 51, behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. But we shall all be changed. (laughs) Amen. Hey, he's saying we're not all going to die, but we shall all be changed. We're not all, praise the Lord, and when the rapture takes place, there's some of us going to be alive. But some of us are going to be asleep. Some of us have already gone to sleep. Their body has, their soul's up in heaven. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all, underline it, be changed. For in a moment... In the twinkling of an eye, so quick you can't even measure it. Just boom, you're changed. You're, you're alive and you're sitting there with your body and then bam, all of a sudden you got a new body. In a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, at the last trump for the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible. We just read about it in 1 Thessalonians. And we shall be changed. Amen. The dead are going to be raised incorruptible. Those new bodies I talked about last week. They're raised up, and what happens to us that are alive? We're changed. You're, you're, you're sitting in church, wherever you're at. You're at home, whatever happens when the rapture takes place. You're going to be changed right there in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye. I'm reading it to you. Verse 53, for this corruptible, that's the dead in Christ, must put on incorruption. And this mortal, those alive at the rapture, must put on immortality. You see the two classes there? There's the corruptible, the ones that have already died, the bodies, must put on incorruption. And this mortal must put on immortality. You're mortal right now. You've got to put on immortality. God's got to change you. You can't go to heaven. <laughs> and he's got to change your body. Some of y'all are so worried, and I know I'm worried. I was worried about it too until I understood Scripture. You say, well, man, I'm worried about going to heaven. Why? Because I know I'm going to get up there and mess up. I'm going to get to heaven, I'm going to be up there, and I'm going to sin. I'm going to do something to get me kicked out of heaven. <laughs> Amen. I mean, I know me. But you've got to understand, that's why God is changing you. What's causing you to sin is that wicked blood that your dad gave you that's running through this fleshly veins. That's what's causing you to sin. So if you can get rid of this sinful nature, you're going to get, what happens when you get rid of the sinful nature? You can't sin. Satan won't be there to tempt you. you. There's no way you can't sin. Amen. That's one of the blessings of heaven is not worrying about what you're thinking about, not worrying about what's coming out of your mouth, not worrying about what you're doing. Everything you say, everything you think, everything you do is going to be sinless. If you're not living your life, Christian, worried about what you're thinking, 
what you're saying and what you're doing. You're a sorry, no good Christian. You need to be worried about what you're thinking, what you're saying, and what you're doing. Amen. Every moment of the day. And if you're, if you're walking around and you say, well, I haven't worried about it, Brother Keegan. You're a pretty sorry Christian. Because you're a sinful human being and you need to be worried about what you're thinking, what you're saying, and what you're doing. Amen. You're going to answer for it at the judgment seat. You better be worried about it. Amen. All right, amen. Verse 54. So when this corruptible shall put, put on incorruption, and this mortal shall put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is thy sting? Oh, yeah, oh, grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin. There it is. The strength of sin is the law. That's how we know it's sin. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. He's talking about the rapture, being raptured out. Guys, you're going to get called up. You're going to get out of here. But before he can take you out of here, he must change your body into a glorified body like unto his. He's got to do it. So what I'm showing you here is this. This is the fourth point. The rapture is the changing of living Christians' bodies to immortal bodies like Christ. Amen. So what the rapture is, there's, I'm showing you what is the rapture. I'm showing you the rapture is you're escaping God's wrath. The rapture is to give you hope and comfort. The rapture is taking the dead bodies that have gone on before us and putting their souls that he's brought from heaven, putting them into a new body, glorified body like unto his. And fourthly, I'm showing you, if you're alive, it's for you to be changed in a moment and twinkling of an eye and get a new body like Jesus Christ so he can take you up into heaven. The rapture, the por- one part, part of the rapture is to change you so he can take you. That's what he wants to do. And guys, I just told you, you want to be changed. You don't, you don't want to get rid of this back. You want to get rid of this mind that doesn't think like it should. You want to get rid of these feet, this heart, this liver, this kidney. You want to get rid of all this corruption that's in you, amen? A cancer, whatever you're dealing with. It's all gone. You got a new glorified body, man. You can do what you want to do. You can run as fast as you want to run. You can fly. You can do whatever you want to do. You're a living superhero. That's quiet in here. I guess I'm the only one that really looks forward to that. I want to do some stuff, man. Who, who, who will care who won the Super Bowl or the, or the NBA Finals or who won, the, who won the baseball? Who cares about anything going on in sports when you can do all that things at the drop of a hat and everybody can too? Yeah. Turn to Philippians. Philippians chapter 3. We're so stupid. We think that everything we see going on in the world, oh, it's so important. Oh, look, he's so good at throwing a football. Oh, he, he, look, at, look how good they are at, at hockey. And, oh, the, look, they can, they, can, they can lift 300 pounds on a, on a bench. Oh, they're so strong. And, oh, he's so, man, it, it's laughable to God. And there's going to come a time that it will be laughable to everybody else. <laughs> but we get, we get so caught up in that today. Look, oh, how handsome he is. Oh, look how, how beautiful she is. There's going to be a time where everybody's beautiful. Everybody's handsome. Guys, we're worried about the wrong things. Look, look how skinny he is. Or look how strong he is. Or look how many muscles he has. Who cares? We're all going to be changed in a moment. Of we're all going to be looking good. <laughs> we're all going to have good looking hair. God. Look at Philippians chapter 3 verse 20. You know why you don't believe that? You know why you don't get that? It's because your conversation's down on the earth. 
Look at verse 20. For our conversations in heaven. You need to have your conversation in heaven. You need to stop thinking about what's going on on TV, what's going on in politics, what's going on in here and what's going on there, what your neighbor's doing wrong or what your neighbor's not doing right. You need to stop worrying about that garbage and start having your conversation in heaven. You need to stop worrying about these earthly problems of paying these bills and what am I going to do? Hey, our conversation's not on this earth. Our conversation's in heaven. Our conduct's in heaven. We're looking for heaven. We're looking to go to heaven. Who cares what your body's doing? Just try to keep it going long enough to get to heaven. Amen. Lord, I'm waiting for you to come back. For our conversations in heaven from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. You need to be looking for Him. We're looking for the rapture to take place. You need to be thinking, is this the day? Is this the day Jesus is coming back? And man, the older you get, the more problems you have, the health problems, financial problems, family problems. Man, you start looking for Jesus Christ a whole lot sooner and a whole lot longer. You're like, Lord, please come back today. Man, I don't want to go through this valley I'm going through. Lord, just come back today and take me out of this old world. Man, I'm tired of this conversation that's going on in the world. I'm tired of the conversation the world has. I go into my break room and Joker knows how to. Joker can't even sit in there anymore. Up there, you know, we're going to the break room, try to eat lunch. And it's so stupid and ignorant and so unspiritual. It's just ridiculous. The conversation those guys have in there. As soon as I can get through with my lunch, I'm out of there and I go call my wife and talk to my wife. Have some kind of good conversation. The conversation the world has is stupid. Did you hear that new song that come out? I don't care about some stupid song that some idiot singing on the radio. You don't, you don't, you're living in a cave. I like living in a cave, you know. Have you got that new phone? I don't want to think about some new stupid phone or some new stupid thing that Trump did or, or some politician did. or who, Just name them. I get sick of all that stuff. It gets old, man. And, and I tell them all the time, what are you going to do to change it? There ain't nothing you can do. Do something for the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what you need to be doing. Look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Look at verse 21. Why are we looking for Him? Who shall change our vile body? Thank you, brother. Can you give me an amen if you have a vile body? Amen. Amen. I got a vile body. Some of y'all might be going, hey, I got a pretty good looking body. Hey, I got a vile body. I want it changed. Who shall change our vile... What's he going to change it to? He's going to change our vile body that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body. Oh, woo! I like that word, glorious. I mean, it just rolls off the tongue. Glorious. You know, there's vile. That, vile. So it sounds like you're vomiting. See, vile. Those English words is why God uses the English language in the end time. Those words, they have me. The sounds of them are vow, vow, glorious. <laughs> it's a glorious body. There's so much in that glory. I wish somebody could sing it. Glorious body. Praise the Lord. That it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body, according to the working whereby he is even, he is able even to subdue all things into himself. Listen, guys, that verse just told you there in verse 21 that you're going to get a body just like your Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. So you want to know what kind of body you're going to have? What, look at what Jesus did. Look at his glorified body. They're in the room, the door is closed, 
Doors locked. Jesus just shows up. Whoop. One minute he's walking along the road with the two disciples. He sits down to eat with them, and bam, he disappears. Whoop, just out of the sun. He's up in heaven, he's back here on earth. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Oh, yeah. You know what I like most about Jesus Christ's glorified body? He could eat. He could eat. Praise the Lord. I guess, I'm a, I guess I'm a Baptist or something, but I like to eat. Amen. Amen. If I don't eat, there's something wrong, you know? Amen. There's something wrong. I like to eat. I like to eat in the morning. I like to eat in the evening. I like to eat in the afternoon. I like to eat whenever somebody puts something in front of me. I just like to eat. And I like the idea that the Lord says, is there anything here to eat? You're going to eat. There's a feast waiting for us up in heaven. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Woo! I love this stuff. Now, Let's look at the last one. Let's look at the last one in Song of Solomon. Song of Solomon. Way back in the Song of Solomon, you're going to find the rapture, my friend. Way back in the Song of Solomon. This might be the most important one. Most important point I want to make. Song of Solomon, chapter 2, verses 8 through 13. Song of Solomon, chapter 2, verses 8 through 13. Way back off in the Song of Solomon. If you can find it, Psalms. The book of Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and then you'll find Song of Solomon. The Song of Solomon is, is widely known and understood to be Jesus Christ and the bride, his bride, the body of Christ. It's a love book. It's a story of a, of, of, of a king and his love for his wife and his wife, and she's talking about the love for her king. And uh, it's, it's Jesus Christ and the bride of Christ. It's us. It's the church. But here in, in verse 8, Song of Solomon, chapter 2, verse 8. You, you're going to have the bride. You're going to have us. It's the body. It's the bride. She's talking about her beloved. And she's looking for her beloved. And she's talking about her beloved. Hey, is Jesus Christ beloved to you? Amen. Amen. Yeah, he's loved by you. I hope he's loved by you. Look at verse 8. The voice of my beloved. Behold, he cometh leaping upon the mountains. Skipping upon the hills. Man, is the hair on the back of your head starting to raise yet? Oh, man. Yeah. The voice of my beloved. Come up hither. And he's just skipping. See, he's up in the clouds, up in the air. And she says, oh, the voice of my beloved. Behold, he cometh leaping upon the mountains, skipping upon the hills. My beloved is like a roe or a young heart. Behold, he standeth behind our wall. He looketh forth at the windows, showing himself through the lattice. Hey, you know what that speaks of? You're in the house, and the Lord's in there looking through the windows, through the lattice. It's a secret calling, guys. This rapture is a secret calling. Not everybody's going to know what happened when it takes place. Jesus Christ is going to come as a thief in the night, and He's going to come, He's going to snatch away the great pearl, the church, His bride. He's going to come, and He's going to sneak her away. And the Bible says right there, she says, My, He standeth behind our wall, He looketh forth at the windows, showing Himself through the lattice. He's kind of looking around the wall, He's kind of looking around, He's kind of saying, hey, come on, let's get out of here. Nobody's going to know you're gone, come on, let's get out of here. Now, you're lovers, and I know I have some crazy lovers in here, amen. 
When you were dating that woman, is there ever a time you went and, hey, mom, dad won't know, come on through the window. <laughs> huh? Huh? Hey, sneak, 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 I said, am I hitting close to home to some of y'all? Hey, let's sneak on out. Oh, mama, come on. Come away. I love you. Come on. This stuff hits closer to home than you realize. Hey, the devil thinks he owns you. Right. Amen. Right. And Jesus Christ is going to come like a thief in the night and he's going to snatch away the best thing the devil has. Let's go, baby. Woo! I love it, man. I love it. I love it. Oh, he says in verse 10, My beloved spake, and he said unto me, Rise up, my love, my fair one, and come away. Woo! For lo, the winter is past, the rain is over and gone. The flowers appear on the earth, the time of the singing of the birds has come. And the voice of the turtle is heard in our land. It's springtime. Just like the Holy Spirit fell at Pentecost, we believe that the rapture is going to take place around springtime. The winter is past. The rain is over and gone. The flowers appear. That's when we, we assume that the rapture is going to take place, right around springtime. Look at verse 13. The fig tree putteth forth her green figs. Who's the fig tree in Scripture? Israel. Green figs? Uh-oh, she not only has leaves, she has figs. Israel's been a nation for a little while, hasn't she? She's starting to put forth some fruit. Look at that. And the vines with the tender grape give a good smell. There's some fruit being put forth. Uh-oh. Israel's about to start putting forth fruit. In other words, I'm trying to tell you the rapture is at hand. Any moment. The fig tree put forth her green figs and the vines with the tender grape give a good smell. Arise. Look what, she, what he says to her. Arise, my love, my fair one, and come away. Amen. Are you ready to rise up? <laughs> Jesus Christ says, you're my love and you're my fair one. Jesus Christ says, you're my love and you're my fair one. I want you to come away. There's about to be wrath come on this earth, and I want you to come away, my sweetie, my baby, my loved one. I want you to come with me. You belong to me. Let's get out of here. Amen. One of the great questions about the rapture in closing is that people wonder about the rapture, about how when all this stuff takes place, what are people going to say that are left behind? And I, I'm not going to say that this is doctrinally, this is just what I think. So y'all just take this for a grain of salt. But this is why, what I believe is going to ha- take place. I believe the Antichrist is going to appear as an alien. Not an alien, but he's going to say he's an alien from outer space. He comes down in the mothership, he comes out, I have answers to all the world's problems. I've taught you all that for years and years about the Antichrist. And I believe he's going to appear as an alien. I believe he's going to come down, come out of the earth. Rapture's going to take place. We're gone. We're out of here. Say so long. See ya. We're going to be up in heaven. And everybody, where's my love? What happened to here? Well, some of you husbands are going to be gone. Some of your wives are going to be gone. Some of your kids, some of, they're going to be gone. Where do they all go? And the alien's going to come down to be a big ship. And Antichrist is going to come out. And he's going to tell them, you know what? These troublemakers, I took care of all of them. And I got them out of here. And I'm going to bring peace on the earth. They were just troublemakers. They wouldn't let you live like you, like you wanted to live. 
They had all these laws and rules, and I'm going to give you peace like you've never known. And I've got rid of all these troublemakers. Now I believe that's how he's going to explain the rapture. The devil's getting you ready to accept something through movies, through TV. He's getting y'all ready. If you're not a Christian, he's getting you ready to accept something. And the world's going to believe a lie, the Bible says. It says the Bible says God will send them a strong delusion that they'll believe a lie. And I, I think you'll be amazed what people will believe. People believe they came from a rock. People believe they came from a monkey. They're willing to believe anything. Amen. And they're going to believe that. Now there's going to be some people that, get, that aren't going to believe it. And they're going to try to get saved. And if they, if they try to receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior at that time, they're going to get their head cut off. You better not take the mark of the beast. That all goes back to the book of Revelation. But friends, I'm here to tell you, brothers and sisters in Christ, there's a rapture. Rise up, my love, my fair one, and come away. Arise, my love, my fair one, and come away. Amen. Hello, this is Pastor Keegan Hall of Indian Gap Baptist Church. Are you sick and tired of this world? Are you sick and tired of this life that you're living? Did you know that God has a free gift for you? It's the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ. Have you ever received this gift? You know, a gift can be offered but not received. You can bow your head and ask Jesus right now to save you and give you his free gift of eternal life. Now you might ask, how do I know he'll give me this free gift? Because I did the same thing because I bowed my head knowing I'm a sinner and asked him to save me and he did. And I've never been the same. And this life with Jesus is a thousand times better than anything this world can offer me. Now we would love to hear from you if you want to contact us at IndianGapBaptist.com. Until next time. Casting your care upon him.